Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Joining me once again today is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. I feel like I hadn't been here in a month. I know. We've been jumping around a little bit and having guests on, so it's awesome to be back. It is good. You know, there are many things in life that uh, that we can liken to an endurance race, and today we're going to talk a little bit about that in mm-hmm. uh, in the story that we have. Very short story, but uh, but but powerful one. Um, big subject, I would say. Um, and then you've heard the saying, "Pain is inevitable, yeah. but suffering is optional." We're going to talk about how we can choose our pain. Right, the the type of pain that we have is a choice. And uh, that's in this week's installment of Dean's Thoughts. Yeah. So before we get to that, we're going to talk about this week's sponsor. You know, we, we've gotten a lot of incredible sponsors out there. And this week, it's uh, Superior Plumbing and Electrical. Superior Plumbing and Electrical has the best service for all your plumbing and electrical needs, really, in the North Georgia area. They they do commercial, industrial, residential. They, they can serve you in any capacity in those areas. Um, they service Calhoun. Georgia, Dalton, Georgia, and really all the surrounding counties. And you can find them on Facebook at Superior Plumbing and Electrical. So just a shout out to those guys, Russell and and his whole team. They do an incredible job. They do a lot of work for us, and uh, we're just grateful to have them on as a sponsor. Amen. Always good to have those folks who are supporting what we do. Facebook post from this past week uh, from Shannon Clifford. This one says, uh, week 10, day one, how did it get here so fast? It's cold and windy here today, and I was babysitting my granddaughter, so I decided to run on the treadmill instead of outside while she napped. Our treadmill has some automatic programs, so I decided I would see how the cardio one worked for me. I have never used this feature. I must say that it went way easier than expected. Usually, treadmill runs are harder for me, and I think it's because they're so boring. Using the program switched things up, and I was also listening to a good audiobook. I was a little shocked at how well it went. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Run for God, for this great program that is taking me out of my mental comfort zone. I need this. <laughs> you know, we're seeing a lot of posts like this. We are. Uh, people just. And by the way, before we go any further, if you hear something rumbling, uh, on the podcast, we've got some incredibly strong storms going on outside. In fact, the guys just told us, you know, we don't have any communication with the outside world while they're doing this podcast, while we're doing this podcast. So they said, you know, if a tornado touches down, we'll bust through the door. And we said, please do. But you, you may hear some heavy rain. You may hear some thunder. And, and that's just because we got some pretty gnarly storms going on outside yeah it's of kind us. of exciting but, uh, you yeah, know my is. wife is a big storm person she me loves too. storms me too so uh, uh, if there was a t- if they come in and said tornado i'm likely to go outside rather than finding a tornado <laughs> shelter in here because one of those. i love love strong storms you, so yeah you, just thought i'd throw that out there for everybody 
<laughs> I remember when my kids were young, when um, I, we had gone through a divorce, and anyway, I was I was in a in a spot where I really needed to spend some time with my kids. I took both my boys down to Disney World. They were they were pretty young at the time, and I told I sat them down on the bed when we got there. We got there, we checked into our hotel room. I said, "Okay, we're gonna have a meeting," and I said, "Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do whatever you want to do." And I mean, we were we were we would eat ice cream in the morning, whatever they wanted to do. That's what we were doing for those couple of days. Anyway, I remember that night we went to Disney. We were at Disney all day long, and we were leaving. It was it was dark outside, and the storms came in. We were on the monorail going out of Disney World, and storm, bad storms, worse than what we have we're having right now, came, and we had to stop in the monorail. And we we were under a shelter, but they had to open the doors because there's not enough air on there uh. circulating when they have to turn it off. So they had to turn it off. My son was terrified of the storms. Really? And I think because he was so scared of the storms and that memory is so vivid in my mind that all I'm doing is I'm holding him and I'm going, it's okay, it's okay. And I think that has gotten me turned off of storms. Really? That one incident because it was so impactful to him that day. So. I don't yeah, know. yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, this 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 Facebook post right is trying something different. Yeah, getting outside our comfort zone, that always makes things better. Sure, doesn't it? The, they say variety is the spice of life, right? Yeah. But now, when you go to a restaurant and you get something to eat, do you get the same thing every time you go? I do. Yeah. Typically, yeah. I have my go tos at the different. I'm not. Uh, I'm not much of a variety person. I'm a very routine, you know, my wife says that me and my oldest son and my younger son, in fact, we, we're pretty much every acronym that's out there, OCD, ADD, <laughs> and I, I, I do. I like routines. You know this. Yeah. I like yep. routines. I like predictability. I don't like surprises, and I don't like spontaneity. So, yeah. I, but, but for the most part, wouldn't you say it's true, though, that when you're forced into that spontaneity? That it's pretty good usually, isn't it? It depends on what it is. Yeah, I see. I, I, I'll do. Th- I'll do this when I go to a restaurant. I'll look at the menu and I'll and I'll ultimately usually wind up with the same thing. But I don't know how often it happens where I finally do choose the, uh, something else that I go. Ah, I wish I would have went back to that other thing. Usually, it's oh, this was interesting. This was different. I think yeah. usually variety is good and changing things. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's good. I'm just saying sometimes I. I don't do it, which may be a bad thing. <laughs> but I yeah. do love variety and running. I do love the opportunity. And to I do like that. Places. Yeah, I love the opportunity. Like, you know, if I was supposed to run today, I, I would be trying to figure out how to how to do it out in this storm right now because I yeah. I love running in the rain. Obviously, if it's popping lightning around me, and I've found myself in those situations before. But I, I do. I love running in the rain. I love to run in the snow. I love to run places I've never run before. Yeah. Um, so variety in running, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm not very predictable in that aspect. That's good. So we had a trivia question last week, and the trivia question was a very simple one. But you're going to find out that the answer is not so simple. And it's not the one – I thought I knew this one. Did you? And you were wrong? I was wrong. All right. I said – I thought the quad. I wasn't thinking of this much because – a lot of times you don't think of this as a muscle. Well, you're, I don't. But you're kind of right. So, right. Yeah, in a way. So the question was, what is the largest muscle in your body? And if you just Google that 
it's going to tell you the gluteus maximus is mm-hmm. the largest muscle in your body. But sure. when you dig a little bit deeper, and of course the gluteus maximus is has been for a long time considered the largest muscle in the body, and it's kind of three muscles all in one. Um, it's kind of located at the back of your hip. Um, we also call it our, our buttocks or butt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, the one of those three muscles that you have back there, and that's the gluteus maximus. There's also the gluteus medius and the gluteus minimus, mm-hmm. which are two other muscles that are back there kind of all working together to be able to, to do things like to stand up from a sitting position, to, to, to climb stairs, um, just to hold yourself up. Uh, in a standing position. Sure. Uh, those those are some of the things that those are used for. But something has changed in the scientific community, the biological community, I guess, over the past not too long. The quadriceps are, in the past, were considered four completely separate muscles. Well, now they're classifying the quads more like they classify the gluteus, the gluteus mm-hmm. maximus, in that it's a group of muscles, but they kind of look at it as all working together as one. So if you look at it that way, if yeah. you go by actual muscle mass, the quadriceps or the your th- muscles there in your thighs are actually the largest if you count all four heads of that muscle. So the answer is both, <laughs> in my estimation. Because I think a lot of places you look, it's going to say the gluteus maximus, and I think a lot of other places you look, it's going to say the quadriceps. Just depends right. on how they classify how each classify, of those muscles. Yeah, yeah. it's always kind of right. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm saying. You were right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and you know, we we have more than 600 muscles in our body. And you know what the interesting thing about the muscles in our body is to me is that, you know, they have all this robotic technology where we have robots that make these movements. You always know. If it's a robot, there is no such thing as a robot that can move like a human Mm -mm. because our muscles can do things so finely tuned and these robots can't be programmed in. Well, a robot's not fluid in any any way. They are robotic. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And we're not. Yeah. Um, That's the way God designed us. Well, and that's how powerful our brain is as as just a – that all these, as powerful as computers are today, mm-hmm. they can't make a computer that's powerful enough to make a robot move like a human yet. Sure. We can make the, we can make all the joints move like human joints move, but we can't make that robot move like a human moves because yeah. it can't get that feedback and change things like, like we do. And it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So, bunch of other muscles in our in our body. Just just for your information, and your middle ear is the smallest muscle in your body. Um, you, the stirrup uh, bone that we've we've you've heard of from when you were probably a kid um, has has a muscle attached to it that make that makes it move. Um, the longest muscle in your body is the sartorius, which is again near that quad muscle. It kind of mm-hmm. runs over the top of those quad muscles from your hip all the way down to the inside of your knee. Um, the strongest muscle in your body, we would probably all guess this, especially in America, um, is our jaw. Our yeah. jaw muscles are actually, because we chew, and we can actually put up to 200 pounds per square inch of pressure on our jaws because our muscles are that strong. There's very few things that can pry our mouth open. Yeah. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the most active muscle in our body are eyes. Uh, because if you think about it, and you, I, you never think about this, but if I shake my head back and forth, my eyes st- stay focused on what I'm looking at. Hmm. 
and and that has to require a lot of muscular movement in order for that to happen. Uh, and not not to mention you're blinking fifteen to twenty times a minute. Yeah, uh, which makes a big difference. So they say if you read a book for an hour, that your eyes make ten thousand coordinated movements in that hour. That's amazing. And of course, your hardest working muscle, and maybe the most important to us for as, as far as running goes, is our heart. Yeah, I was wondering where the heart was. Yeah, our heart beats a hundred thousand times a day, um, and, and each one of those pumps it pumps out two ounces of blood. So every day, your heart pumps a minimum of twenty five hundred gallons of blood, hmm. which is pretty amazing. You know, I have kind of just a interesting bit of trivia on the side here you know we had a a little bit of a scare did you hear that thunder (laughs) we had a little bit of a scare a few weeks ago with lane he 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 has to have an ekg every year for his racing for triathlon and um something came back abnormal and so they had to go do an echocardiogram on him and and long story short everything turned out fine but what we we started reading and learning about uh there's a condition it's not really a condition but it is. It's it's called the athlete's heart, and it's for uh, higher level athletes like Lane is, who are, are very fit and and um, who exercise a lot. Is that the heart for and an and an athlete's heart will actually have an extra beat sometimes, mm. um, and it, and it's just because of how fit and efficient their heart is, but. Sometimes they will pick that up on a EKG, which is the the um, where they're just hooking the leads up to you, yeah. and it makes it sound abnormal. When in fact, it's actually better than normal. Wow! But it just sounds abnormal. It, it led to a whole, you know, two or three days of a scare for us because they're not used to seeing that in this particular um, cardiologist that we went to. They're they're used to seeing older people who are having failing hearts. Right. Not used to seeing an athlete's heart. So that's just a little bit of trivia there. That's interesting. I, I, I love trivia stuff like that. Yeah. Just one more trivia thing, though. One muscle in your body that's really unusual and is different than every other muscle in your body is your tongue. Your tongue is not connected to, to bone like right. like your every other muscle in your body. You know, every other muscle in your body is connected on both ends to some bone. Well, the tongue is not connected on one end, so it makes it completely different. Hmm. Um, and the muscles in your tongue actually actually go three different directions, which again is unusual. Most muscles are one direction. And so uh, it's it, y- your tongue does all sorts of crazy stuff. We don't even think about it. We we're talking and we're using our tongue. It doesn't even cross our mind that we're using muscles like, like that to uh, not to mention chewing and swallowing and everything else. And it's what really blows my mind that there are people out there who think this is all an accident. And, yeah. you know, the really – and I, I know that there are many atheists who really get into biology and really get into the science, and it, it brings them to Christ. Mm-hmm. But when you really start just sitting here talking about it, it's it's fascinating that we have a creator who thinks about all those – the tongue moving three ways. Yeah. It, it's just incredible all the things that happen that we don't even think about during the day. Yeah. But God knows every one of those little things. Yeah. That's just, I mean, it. how can it not bring people to intelligent design, to a, a God who created us? Yeah. I, it beats me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's all it's all good. That's probably more than you guys wanted to know about the muscles <laughs> in your body, uh, but that's that's what it is. So, so we're we're moving along on the Couch to Marathon program. We're just about to the end of the five k portion, yeah. so it's going pretty well, huh? It's going really well. I actually posted something yesterday. I don't know if you saw this or not, but. Dean, I had one of those runs yesterday. I had one of those days yesterday where I woke up yesterday morning. I knew I had to run later that day, and I was dreading it. And I'm one, and I've said this on here before. Look at a run. Look at your workouts as a meeting. Put it on your calendar as if it were a meeting. That's what I do. And yesterday is a good reason why. Because I woke up yesterday morning. I was dreading the run. I didn't want to run. I got in bed late the night before. And it's just one of those days where it would be so easy just to say, nah, I'll skip it. I'll do it the next day. That's what many people say. And then the next day comes and they don't. Anyway, so, but it was on my schedule. I had it on my schedule from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock was run. Other people knew that it was on my schedule. My wife being one, she's doing this training with me. So I would have pushed it off had it not been on my schedule yeah. and then when I started the run I felt lousy you know it's a mindset thing I had dreaded it all day therefore when I start it's going to be it's going to feel like I've dreaded it all day and I I went out kind of by myself once we started running and I was I go down the, the road by my house and I turn around and come back and I just felt horrible and I, I felt like I just want to stop and walk but you know what kept me going this group yeah. This group that I feel like I'm accountable to, and and they're accountable to me, and I know that there's going to be a time where I see somebody in this Facebook group that's just struggling, and this is God giving me the opportunity to say, hey, I've been there. Because I know my next run's going to be great. Yeah. But somebody else's run is not. And and this is this is where this community is so magical that we can – some days some of us had bad days some days some of us had good days and we we lift each other up and that's why that's why i'm so excited for this 5k coming up i mean we got people coming in from 26 states that's awesome and it's going to be incredible to meet all these people but yeah it's going great uh here in a few weeks we'll be kicking off the 10k um and we're excited about that we're trying to put the final touches on on all that material right now and uh but yeah i'm excited yeah it's going great well, as always, we're proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, J Radio. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. Okay, we're back. And remember that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. If you've got a question, you've got something you want to talk about, you've got a topic you'd like to see us cover, then send me a message and let me know what that is. You know, I kind of picked these Thursday night topics kind of out of the blue, right? So if you've got something you want to hear about, and I've had a couple reach out and say, uh, how about this topic? We can, we can 
cover whatever. So uh, make sure you do that. And we want to hear your story. We are we need some stories. We need to hear your story, and you need to share your story. You can do that through runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com. And we've had a few stories show that we've done live mm-hmm. in the studio. We would love to have you do that. If you're close enough by where you can make it to the studio, we would love to have you here uh, and sharing your story. Well, sometimes endurance is not about doing something for a long period of time, but it's about waiting for mm. a long period of time. Mm. I think a lot of times we think about endurance as something we do, but sometimes it's something we're not doing, right? So this story comes from Lisa Heyer of Lafayette, Georgia, longtime Run for God supporter, and this story is called The Endurance Race of Life. I am a wife, mother, grandmother, daughter, sister, and broker owner of a real estate company, Better Homes and Gardens Jackson Realty, but mainly I'm a woman of faith that has grown tremendously through my endurance race of life and my son's endurance race of addiction. I was raised in a church attending every Sunday morning and evening and Wednesday nights, and I'm thankful for the foundation my parents set. But the real growth came when I lost my son to addiction for eight plus years. Only then did I learn who God is and what he can do for me when I couldn't do it for myself. He was the savior that I had studied about growing up, but I finally had to experience him in reality, not just in studies. God has carried us through so much and his love, mercy, and grace never failed. We just needed to learn how to surrender, trust, and run the race set before us. Hmm. You know, uh, Lisa's story, uh, it's its a very familiar story. Mm-hmm. Um, not not the, well, I mean, even the addiction for me, um, but the idea of who is Jesus to us. It's, it's funny, we're reading this story, and just last night uh, with my small group of high school guys, we talked about this very issue of, who do you say that Jesus is? You know, we ask this question a lot. Is it, are you given an answer of facts, things you've learned, um, answers that don't indicate a relationship, or, or does your answer to that question start with my, yeah. my father, my everything, or is it that he's a fact? And and I think I, I can't speak for Lisa here, but I. I I suspect that she's exactly where I was back when I was 20 years old. I, I knew a lot of things about Jesus. I'd grown up in church. I had read the Bible. I'd studied the Bible. I'd memorized Scripture. I had been at church every time that I was supposed to. But that's that's factual stuff. That's you, situational you were, stuff. And you were playing church. I was playing church. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. But now I look back, and, and now the answer, if you would have asked me the question, who is Jesus, when I was 19 years old, it would have been, well, he's the guy they talk about in the Bible. He's, he's the Son of God. You know, all of my answers would have been correct, but they were far from indicating a relationship. Now, if you ask me the question, who is Jesus, I'll say, he's my father. I'm his child. He's my everything. And, and my answers indicate a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important, and I think so many people out there listening, we had, and I won't, we've talked about 
uh, the story from Run at the Mill a few years back when, when we had a gentleman um, come through the finish line and and he come up and he said, Mitchell, I've been playing church for over 50 years. Yeah. This was a guy who was scheduled to preach in his church the very next weekend, but he was confronted he was confronted by Jesus through a question that I asked that if well, maybe we'll go through this story again sometime, but I thought I had totally blown it by asking the question, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd spend eternity? I said, if you get hit by a truck, as I'm about to put everybody on the road for a race. But he was confronted with Jesus. Yeah. He was confronted with Jesus. Not, not do you have knowledge of Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And I think there are so many people out there who are right where Lisa was where I was when I was 19, when, where George was when he was 60-plus years old. Um, and I think we have to get, we have to get along for, with God, and we have to really ask ourselves the question from Matthew 16, 15, when Jesus asked Peter. Who, the disciples were all saying who everybody else was saying they were. They were giving factual answers or speculation on who he was. But Jesus looked at Peter, and he said, but who do you say? that I am and I think too many times we never ask ourselves that question Yeah. and if you do ask yourself that question you're going to get extreme peace or you're going to get extreme consternation mm-hmm. and that's an aha moment it is it is and I've heard it put this way before when the rapture happens the churches are still going to be half full what was it Billy Graham said 50% yep so uh, that's that's going to be a, a day we don't want to see sure and so if you're out there and you're listening and, and, and you're not sure about your relationship, um, this, this, is, this is a wake-up. Runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. It's a, it's a page built just for people who maybe have a question in your heart right now. Yeah. Um, go visit that page. Yeah. Scripture passage, Isaiah forty thirty one. We have all heard this one, right? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You know, when I was planning this episode and I was reading over this verse, I was actually at the hospital with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she was having something done, and um, I had had a, a, a pre- pre- previous week that was just super, super busy, mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting sleep, and I was down to, you know, if I don't get my seven to eight hours a night of sleep, and I'm, I do that multiple nights in a row, it's, it's, it catches up. It catches up. Well, I was at that point, right? Not a big deal, but I was just tired. Mm-hmm. I was just, my eyes were droopy. And then I read this verse, and just the thought of how exciting it is to know a God who can make us feel this way where it talks about mounting up with wings like eagles and running and not be weary and just renewing our strength. It just, all of a sudden, I was wide awake. It was like. What other book will do that? that none. None. <laughs> none. The excitement of God can really energize us. Absolutely. Scripture passage 2, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. We, uh, again, we've heard this one a number of times. 
Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. <laughs> like I said, endurance is something we do but that doing sometimes is waiting. So, uh, you know, the, the. Which is harder? I think it's harder to wait. Yeah, absolutely. You? Yeah. I think it's really, really difficult when we don't know answers and we're just waiting for them. And I'm sure in Lisa's case, in this case where her son mm-hmm. is in the middle of this addiction for eight plus years, you can't help wonder. About where God where is, are you, God? and why? Why am I not getting answers, God? I'm trying to be faithful here, and that waiting is really, really hard. Yeah, really hard. Um, scripture number three, Luke six thirty-eight: Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Mm. I'll tell you, in my opinion, this is one of the scariest verses in the Bible mm-hmm. because of that last part. Right. The idea that people are going to judge me like I judge them is terrifying to me. As it should be. It should be. I think that's the reason it's it's here. I mean, it's, it's the whole idea of, of do unto others. Mm-hmm. as you would want them to do unto you. And this is basically saying that that's that's reality. That's, that is what's going to happen, um, is when we stand at the judgment throne. It, it may it may not be pleasant. I mean, it, we, we may be on our way to heaven, but there there's a pit stop there yeah. that, that we're going to have to answer for a lot of things. And, and yeah, that, that is a scary verse. Yeah, I don't want to use any political buzzwords here, but this whole idea of cancel culture these days is completely opposite of this. Sure. And so when I see somebody who professes to be Christian that is completely tearing down someone else, regardless of how we feel about what that person is or what they're doing or whatever, um, that's a that's a red flag because the Bible tells us Right. We know we're not perfect. We know we all sin. And the Bible tells us that if we're going to treat others harshly, if we're going to judge other people harshly, then we're going to get treated the same way. And, and I want to be clear. We're not sitting here on some kind of throne saying we've never done that. You and I no, have had these the, kind of conversations, right. and, it, and it never fails that, man, God will just absolutely wear you out. And mm-hmm. And it's not fun. It's not fun when God does that, but it's – it's one of the most comforting things that I have is when God just wears me out because I know that I'm right there. I yeah. know that I know that my walk is close enough that <laughs> for lack of better terms, I'm within swinging distance. <laughs> yeah. And 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 it's and it's when we don't feel that immediately that we need to be worried. You know, point. I tell my pastor some of his best sermons are the ones he stomps on my toes. Yeah. And it's an uncomfortable feeling, but it's a comfortable feeling at the same time, knowing that, okay, God, you're – I get it, number one. I, I'm i sorry. Yeah. Forgive me, but I know you're right there. Yeah. 
I remember a story that I heard when I was in college, and it was so impactful to me that I remember it to this day. And the college professor was telling this story about how there was a kid at a school, and he's a good kid, fairly popular kid, but just a little frail, kind of a geeky kid. And he's walking through the hallway of the school one day with a bunch of books under his arms. And this big guy, big football player guy, big, just 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 a big, huge dude, athlete, comes by and knocks this kid down. And the kid falls down and breaks his arm because mm. of all the books that he's got in his arms. Well, that started making its rounds around school. The guy never stopped to say, I'm sorry. He never, never even acknowledged that he ran into him. He just kept going, right? And it was just really a rude moment. And so this kid... Uh, that people started asking him about it, and he started telling the story the next day at school and about how this guy, yeah, he just ran into him, knocked him down, broke his arm, and all of a sudden, everybody in the school was turned against this kid that had mm. knocked him down because how rude could he be to mm-hmm. do that? And as it went through the school that day, and everybody was so fired up and angry at this kid, the next day, that other guy comes back to school And he walks up to this frail kid with the broken arm, and he says, listen, he said, I've heard the story. He said, i got to be honest with you. I didn't even know you were there. Hmm. I had just gotten a phone call, and my sister was in a car accident, and she might not make it, and she was in the hospital, and I was trying to go to her. I never even realized I knocked you down. I'm so sorry. Hmm. And I tell that story to say, we have no idea what somebody else's day is like. We have no idea what somebody else's life is like. And yet, we completely discount the idea that somebody may be going through something really, really tough. And in this moment, this guy who never in a million years, it didn't sound like, would have done this, did this because he wasn't himself. Yeah. And we've all been there. We've Absolutely. all snapped. I mentioned on this podcast back few months ago that I was running by somebody and dogs kind of came out and started they didn't really attack me but they were barking at me it was a little really scary situation and I I lost my temper a little bit and I, God convicted me two minutes later down the road and I turned around and went back to them uh, we've all done it we've mm-hmm. all done that thing where we've gotten out of control and I think I think even in those situations the 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 guy in the story you just talked about or you when you got chased by the dog the it's how we respond yeah. as to whether God will use that. Sometimes the biggest impact we make on people is when we say we're sorry. Yeah. So God uses a very bad situation that, that we're having to apologize for. But many times the apology will reach people more so than if, if you had just ran by and everything would have been status quo. Yeah. Um, so you have to look at these moments and realize that sometimes God's going to allow things to happen. God didn't make you lose your temper, but God allowed that situation to transpire the way it did so that he could use that situation for his good. All things work together. Not some. All things work together for God's good. So great story. And that's so out of the ordinary for today's culture. Today's culture is you you posted something on Twitter when you were 17 years old. And it was not a, it wasn't a good not defending the comment. It was right. a bad comment. But you were seventeen. Right. You know, and it's like that was and it's the you know, somebody who's twenty seven or thirty years old now, what they did when they were seventeen. 
I just thank the Lord that there was no social media around when I was 17. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a good thing people don't know. Question number one, why me and why now? You know, that's that's the age-old question that this is where faith comes in to the equation. Um, there have been lots of things that have happened in my life where I asked that question, and I still don't have the answer today. The answer that I do have is that I don't have to know. And that is that is probably one of the hardest things for people who don't have a relationship with Christ to understand. Mm-hmm. When we say, well, we don't need to know. We don't have to know. We, we know the character of Christ. Therefore, we don't need to know. Christ doesn't need to explain to us everything that he does or allows to happen because we know the character of God. I, I you know, if I know you're a, a great writer, and if you put something in a book, I, I don't have to know the reason behind everything you write because I know your character. And we, we've talked about this before. If we know the character of God, that makes this question. It, it's not taking the question away many times. Many times we still ask the question, but we know in the end we know the character of God. We, we know the end of the story. Yeah. You know, how many times do you not watch a movie because somebody's already, spoiler alert, they've already told you about the end of the movie, and you don't watch you don't watch the movie. Why? Because we don't need to know the details because we know the end of the movie. Yeah. And, and and in this case, that's a good thing. We, we know the end. We know we're triumphant. We know we're going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. So we don't need to know every little thing that happens. But if you're not, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't know the end of the story. Yeah. And that makes that question hard mm-hmm. for those people. Yeah, and I think about this sometimes, the question of when you say, why me, why now, well, why not me, mm-hmm. and why not now? Because the Bible tells us no one is good, right? We've all sinned. Not one. We have all sinned to come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us we are not good, no, not one. And so... Again, back to your point, is it, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, we don't understand things while we go through them, but how often do we go through something that's bad and then we find out later, oh, I see what God was trying to do there. Happens all the time. Do we see it in the middle of it? No, we never. No, I mean, we we you and I just left a meeting where we were talking about this very thing. I went through some pretty gnarly stuff ten years ago, and and we were talking about some stuff. This is on the construction side, on on some things I do there, and it, you know, Gay was making the comment, "Man, that just must be stressful." And I'm like, "No, it's not," because because of what I went through back there. This is nothing, and I can look at that horrible part of my life where. You know, I was stressed every day and sleepless nights, and I can compare that to what's going on right now, and it's like, this is nothing. Yeah. And because I can look back, God is using all things yeah. for his good today. And um, But you, you got to have that personal relationship with him to experience this. Yeah, and when you think about the idea of 
why me, why now? Well, it, it's real easy to go back to the book of Job mm-hmm. and look at Job's life. And there are a few reasons why the whole thing with, with Job happened the way that it happened, I think. And the first one is to test our faith. Imagine how God feels when he tests our faith like he tested Job's. And here's some passages out of Job. He said, it said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is after God has taken a lot of things away from Job. And then a little while later, after a second round of things being taken away from him, the Lord's answer of Job's faith after this was, uh, through through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. So he goes through all this, this, this stuff. And and basically says, God is good. God is God has been good. I don't know why this is going on, but it's it, it's all good. Um, and then a little bit later, he he says the same thing. He said, I mean, along the same lines, shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? Again, God saw his faithfulness um, when he said, in in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Hmm. So. And then he does it to develop our faith. Um, you know, God was developing Job's faith. There was a point at which God was, or Job was questioning God really deeply. And then he goes back, and um, this friend of his, Elihu, I think he was the fourth person to come and talk to him about maybe why all this stuff was happening. And he basically said, "Well, maybe God is disciplining you." And when he mm-hmm. when he thought that, he said, "Okay, well." Even Job, as faithful as he was, God was still refining his faith mm-hmm. and making it even stronger, even though it was already strong. And that's what he did there because his his attitude, everything changed after that encounter with this friend of his. Um, and then finally, God wants us to display our faith, and that's kind of what, what Job does. It's, a, it's thousands of years later. We're still talking about Job. Mm-hmm. And why are we talking about it? Because his faith was so strong, hmm. and that's what God was using that moment for for Job. Now, for us, people are probably aren't going to be talking about what we're doing thousands of years from now, but they may be talking about it tomorrow or the next Absolutely. day. Absolutely, for sure. Good word, Dean. Question number two: Why is it about faith and not about feeling? <laughs> Feelings can get us in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Short answer. Um, Faith is where it's at. I mean, faith is faith is something we choose to. I mean, faith is a faith is an action, and it's something we choose to do. Feelings are something that come upon us. Many times we can't really do anything about, um, and it's that's where it's dangerous is to act on something that you really can't do much about i mean you can work to to change your feelings but feelings are what they are um and i think that's what's got us in a lot of trouble in so many areas in our world today is we we act on feelings yeah um and that's why that's why happiness and joy are two very different things happiness is a feeling joy is a something we choose it's embedded in who we are it's in our it's what God puts in us and gives us freely, and we have to choose to do that. And many times that will change the feeling, but you have to choose faith. You have to choose joy, and many times the feeling will change as a result. Yeah, amen. 
What if Job had had that kind of attitude that it was about feelings? I mean, can you imagine the difference in in his life? Had he? Well, you know, he had the feelings. I mean, he cried out to God and yep. he questioned God, but yep. he didn't. I mean, it said Job did not sin with his lips. He and, and questioning God and crying out to God is not a sin. Mm-hmm. God wants that. We're His children. Just like our kids cry out to us sometimes, and sometimes we think, well, this is no big deal, or, you know, I understand what they're feeling, but we we know the outcome many times as parents, and God is no different with us. He wants us to cry out to Him. He wants us to to express our feelings to Him, but many times He doesn't want us to act on our feelings. Job could have done something really reckless, and probably nobody would have blamed him, Yeah, but he didn't. Because he had faith in God, and he chose to live and act in that faith. Well, here's the thing. God knows what our feelings are. Sure. You know, that's, there's no surprise to him. But what, what can change is the way that we respond to those feelings. And so the faith that we have in responding to those feelings is what makes a difference to God. And he wants to see us make good decisions. Um, you know, I'm a coach, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like it if our athletes feel good, but that's not what it's about. It's about what are you doing to make yourself a better runner. That's that's what I care about as a coach is now I care completely about their personal lives and making sure they make good decisions there as well. But how they feel about it in the moment may not be important. Yeah, and even kind of taking that a step further, when are some of the biggest breakthroughs made? It's not when they feel good. Mm-hmm. It's when they feel bad, and that's when those aha moments can come. I talked about my run yesterday. Yeah, I didn't feel like doing that run. When I started, I thought, this is the dumbest thing ever. I don't want to be out here. Why am I doing this? But I pushed my feelings aside, and I did, I, I did what I knew was right, and I'm much better. I'm much better because of that. And I had the aha moment. And now I can I can go to people who may be feeling the same thing today and saying, "Look, I was there yesterday. This is our stories. This is where we talk about stories so many times." Yeah. I can go to somebody today and say, "Hey, man, I was I was there yesterday, and I pushed through, and I'm so glad I did." And so many times, that's the only word we need. We just need to know that somebody else has been there. And, yeah, I mean, it's many times it's when we push the bad feelings aside that we have the biggest breakthroughs. It's funny. That kind of goes right into the last question. There will be different emotional stages during your training. Are you prepared for the bad days, and are you prepared for the rest days? I'm going to talk about this a little bit in the next story. But you have to be prepared for tough days. Mm -hmm. Uh, And. And you are because you know that that tough day is coming, and you. But you you did things. You you did physical things. You created a meeting on your calendar mm-hmm. to make sure that you held yourself accountable, and so uh, you you have to be prepared. You that's that's preparing yourself. For I mean, that what's moment. the old cliche? If you if you fail to prepare, then prepare to fail. Yep. And. We have to understand that bad days are going to come. Everything in this couch to marathon or this couch to 5K or this 10K to marathon is not going to be sugar plums and roses. And if you think that way, you're kidding yourself. Yep. 
And if you don't expect them and you don't anticipate them, they're going to smack you right between the eyes. And you're going to fail. That's right. And then sometimes the other part of this question is here is, okay, I've got a rest day, but I feel really good. Mm. What should I be doing? Mm -hmm. Right? And so we want to go out and we want to do extra because we feel good. Or maybe we just go out for a run that day and – We've talked about it in the early stages of the 5K challenge. Don't do more than we're asking you to do. And there's a reason for that. And sometimes we can get carried away when we feel good. So when we when we, when it's time to rest, we need to be purposeful about our rest as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're we're training our mind as well. And so early on, weeks one, two, three, four, five. We're wanting you to have that boost of confidence. We want you to feel really good because why? We know week eight's coming. And we know that's that's going to be a test that you're going to need to have that confidence. But if you're just constantly drilling yourself for the first five weeks and doing too much and feeling lousy the whole time, when week eight comes, you're going to crumble. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's exactly what God does to us so many times. He, he, He wants us to have some good times because he knows the bad times are coming. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Part of getting ready for any endurance event means you got to look at the overall picture. You can't look at what today is. You have to look at how today fits in the grand scheme of things for the for the finish line that you've got down the road. Sure. And so that means treating those things properly when they come up. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. So we're getting ready for the Run for God 5K. I think by the time that this may air just before, mm-hmm. I think, I the, think so. uh, the race. So it looks like we're going to have a, bitty, a pretty big crowd. We it? are. As of right now, we've got people coming from like 26 states. That's amazing. We've got uh, OG Marcy's coming from Alaska. We've got people coming from L.A. Um, but it's, when we walked in this podcast, we were talking to Jared, and it kind of hit me that there's still a lot of states that are on lockdown now. I mean, we're, yeah. we've kind of opened back up here for the most part, and really we never went on the extreme lockdowns. But we're kind of in a bubble here. Yeah. And I keep, you know, I was watching the news last night, and, and some other states are, there's people still sitting at home that can't go anywhere. And, and so I think people are looking for an outlet, and it looks like all these people are coming to, to Dalton and Varnell, <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> To run a five. I've been seeing some of the people posting, and I think uh, Linda Noel posted the other day that she's driving five hours or something like that. Yeah. And then all these comments, people, I'm driving 11 hours, 12 hours to run a 5K. Yeah. But it's more than the 5K. We all yeah, know that. It's everybody is so excited to meet each other. So I think this is airing the Monday before the race. There's still time. There is. Jump in your car and come and join us. Uh, it's probably too late to buy a plane ticket at this point, but uh, we would love to have We're going to have a ball. I'm excited about this weekend because there's so many of these people that have just become household names that I've never met. Yeah, it's going to uh, be really exciting it to meet is. those folks for sure. 
It is time for Dean's Thoughts, and that's the time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, there's going to be pain, but we don't have to suffer. We can choose the type of pain we will experience. This story is called Choosing Your Pain. I've always told my athletes that there is going to be pain as a result of any endurance event. Of course, we think about the pain associated with running really hard. A true all-out effort is painful. The legs ache and the the lungs burn when we do it right. Coming to a point where we feel like we almost pass out from the effort is not uncommon. It hurts to run as hard as we can, for sure. But there's another pain associated with running a race that we don't often think about, the pain of regret. I've run many races over the years where my first thought as I cross the finish line is, I could have done better than that. Sometimes we miss a goal by seconds and realize we didn't have to fall short. That's frustrating. It is rather painful. The pain is a result of not embracing the pain of the race. I think the thought of not giving your best effort is far worse than the pain from actually running the race. After all, that pain is gone in a few minutes after the race. The post-race regret? Well, it lasts much longer. That same thought translates to training, too. Some days are tough. We often face the decision of whether or not we're going to go run. Uh, Maybe we're tired and the thought of putting forth the effort to run is daunting. Maybe we're super busy and fitting a run into our day is going to be really tough. Or maybe the weather is bad and the idea of being outside in the cold or the heat is overwhelming. But I would say that the regret of putting putting your run off is likely a likely outcome from making that decision. Conversely, the discomfort you feel from forcing yourself to run is likely to be overcome by the feeling of accomplishment you get from such a run. We can avoid that regret if we prepare properly for both training and race day. I encourage all of my athletes to spend time visualizing their race so that when the pain comes, they're ready for it. Trying to make believe the pain is not going to be too bad? Well, it's not going to work. The very reason you toe the line is to see how hard you can push yourself. How can you do that if you don't stare the coming discomfort right in the eye and resolve to defeat it? We all have a choice. Will we choose the pain of doing the thing that we know will result in better fitness and a better race result? Or do we choose to give in to the path of least resistance and accept the regret that is likely to come after our decision? Sounds like an easy decision, doesn't it? When Jesus was hung on a cross, the Bible tells us there were two thieves hung on each side of him. There was discussion between those two men while they were suffering on their respective crosses. It took an incredible amount of energy to talk while hanging on a cross. It required them to push up on feet that were pierced and shattered with a spike in order to get enough air into the lungs to speak. One of those thieves used his breaths to mock Jesus going along with the crowd by telling him that he should he should save himself <coughs> the other thief having seen Jesus forgive the very people who were mocking him made a different decision he saw how different Jesus was and recognized that he had the power to save him ultimately that's what happened two people 
who were presented with exactly the same situation made very different decisions. One of them is in paradise today, while the other is spending an eternity separated from God. <coughs> one made the decisions one made the decision to use the last remaining energy he had to ask Jesus to help him, while the other made the decision to ignore the opportunity in front of him and go along with the crowd. He chose the path of least resistance and is now regretting it for eternity. What decisions are you making? Are you making the decision that the pain of the run should be embraced because it's worth it? Or are you making the, the decision that will ultimately lead to regret? Are you making the decision to go against the world by living a life that honors God? Or are you making the decision to take the path of least resistance to be part of a world that, in general, does not honor God and leads to a place that will ultimately be regretted? Your choice. Choose wisely. <laughs> Man, that's a great story, Dean. Yeah, Convicting. The pain, the pain of regret is always worse than the pain of the race, isn't it? We say that a lot. Yeah. We and, and I'm so glad we say it a lot because it got me through that run yesterday. Yeah. You know. I, yep. We. You're dead on. <coughs> There's nothing worse than to to hear an athlete. It's one thing for you to go through it yourself, but it's even worse when when I have and this happened recently in a track meet. I had one of one of my girls who's she's really fast, and she came after the race and she said. I realized on that last lap, I just I had too much left, and she regretted not pushing harder earlier. Now she had another race coming up that day, and she remedied that in the second race. And but we don't always have another opportunity to fix something that we regret that hmm. we do when we make a decision. You know, you hear people say this, and it, it goes along with this story, but the. Um, what is it? Pain is temporary, but online race results are forever. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I've been there. You know, yeah. you you look at those results and you're like, oh, uh, nobody else knows, but you know, yeah. you know that could have been better than that. Um, I'm I'm embarrassed for that time to be out there, and it's out there forever. And that, I mean that that's that's just such a metaphor for so many things in our life yeah. you know we can we can put our head down and do the hard thing and be glad we did forever or we can we can settle for that temporary satisfaction that yeah. only leads to regret yeah. forever um I, I've, I've seen athletes a number of times who they get through and they go that was all i had mm. and you watched it and you know it wasn't all they had. Mm -hmm. And what are they doing? They're kidding themselves. They know they're, it. They're convincing, trying to convince themselves that that they did something they didn't do. And I had this very interesting discussion with another one of my college athletes this week, where when when we were talking about, she had a huge, huge breakthrough on the mm -hmm. track, and so we were talking about it afterwards, and she made this comment. She said, well, I feel like I'm always honest with myself. And this girl, 100% true. She mm -hmm. is always honest with herself. But what I can't get folks to understand is it's how you think about yourself that leads to the feeling you have in that moment. So in this case, we're talking about racing. 
But if going into that race, you've got in your mind that you have a certain limitation, that limitation is going to physically manifest itself. And not until you get past that that mental limitation Mm -hmm. will you be able to get past the physical limitation. And what happened in this particular race was this particular girl got past that mental limitation because she just said, you know what, if I completely blow up in that race, I don't care. This is what I'm going to do. And this was my strategy. And she did it. And guess what happened? She didn't blow up. Mm -hmm. She found out she had more than she thought. But she had to. She had the confidence going in. Yeah. But she talked about being. She was always honest with herself before that. But the honesty didn't dig deep enough to find the truth. Hmm. (laughs) So it's a little like living the life that God has for us. You know, he wants us to do big things. uh, But we often settle for little things. Mm -hmm. Um it's not that he doesn't use all those small tasks, all those small things that he has. He has a lot of small things for us to do, and a lot of times those things are – are um, they reveal themselves later as being a big deal. I think about a lady who um, – gosh, she, she, didn't do, she didn't do a whole lot. She was physically not capable of doing a whole lot. But you know what she did? She would cut out newspaper articles, and she would write little handwritten notes, and she would send stuff through the mail. People mm-hmm. and it would, and she's gone now. Mm. And I think about that, and I think, yeah, at the time, I thought I saw those things that made me smile, and it was kind of a neat thing. I think back on it now, and I think, how powerful it was her ministry, what she was doing was, yeah, yeah, really, really cool. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. Do you think we're going to be back to normal by the end of the year? I think we are. Or do you think we're going to be back quicker than that? Um... Well, it depends where on where you live. Yeah. I mean, we're already pretty much back to normal Pretty here. close, yeah. Um, Is there going to be a new normal? I, I was Unfortunately, tell- yes. I was telling somebody what really scares me is that we're going to start looking at seasonal flu the same way we've looked at I hope not. this coronavirus. I hope not. I, somebody, somebody uh, a lady that I do some work with, uh, sent a message the other day and she said what is what is the thing you miss the most and i said high five handshakes and hugs <laughs> um and i don't just I, i'm unfortunately i don't think maybe we will but i think i think there's areas of the country where if you gotta to give somebody a hug a year from now you're still gonna be looked at like you have three heads yeah um or even a handshake i don't i I think fist bumps are kind of the new thing. It's it, we're at that weird stage right now. I did it yesterday. You you hold your hand out to shake somebody's hand. They put their fist out, and then you clench your fist and they hold their hand out. And you're like, "What? Well, what are we?" And it's it's insane where we're at right now. Yeah. And uh, I'm just ready to get back to handshakes, hugs, and high fives. And if 
Have you ever have ever thought about this? That this idea of disease has always been around. Yeah. Back in biblical times, we read about leprosy back mm-hmm. then, and leprosy, of course, encompassed several different diseases as far as we know back then. But what was leprosy then today is called Hansen's disease, and Hansen's disease is something that is it's transmitted through repeated contact and droplets from the respiratory system. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking biblical times here, mm-hmm. and they're very similar. Um, and there's a, there's a great uh, biblical illustration connected with leprosy because people with Hansen's disease, even today, people in, in developing countries that get this Hansen's disease today will wake up the next morning missing a finger because a rat came in and ate their finger off, and they didn't feel it. Because what happens is this is a disease that affects the nervous system, and it, it, you have no feeling. And when you can't feel pain, it leads to bad things happening. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about pain. Well, pain warns us. Pain is good. Yeah. It's good that we know that something is hot right. and that we're not going to touch it because um, people who have uh, Hansen's disease can put their hand on a, on a burner and just completely destroy their hand yeah. and not even know they did it. Um, Pain is important. Yeah, I, I just wonder have we have we gotten? S- Maybe I shouldn't go here. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> if we've gotten to the point where knowledge is great. I mean, I'm glad we know everything we know about this disease. But you know, we were driving up here, and they're calling for bad storms around here when we started this podcast it was absolutely it was kind of scary looking i'm looking out the window right now and it was popping light and trees are blowing it's calm as a cucumber now but we were on the way up here and they were letting schools out yeah businesses were closing down 10 years ago that would not have happened and it's because and it's a good thing we we know so much about the weather now and we have these incredibly accurate radars and forecasting systems but does it push us too far does it push us to a constant state of fear you know when they let schools out i was rolling my eyes going good gravy you know we let school out for in gosh i mean we may get hate mail for this but (laughs) we we scare ourselves we we know so much now that it's scary and i don't know if that's a good thing yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, and back to the pain thing. You know, a pain is a good thing because it warns us. And being a little, uh, we've talked about uh, out, being outside our comfort zone. Well, that's what being outside our comfort zone is. It's being a little uncomfortable with what's going on around us. I think those are good things because I think we grow there. And so now, whether or not we grow in a storm, and you know, all that is is maybe a whole side conversation. But discomfort is good because it tells us we're doing something. Yeah, and I'm not saying to go to the point of reckless. You know, I, I yeah. wear I wear the fact that I coached the sport of triathlon for over ten years and I never canceled a single practice. I wear that with a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. Now we had to postpone and move, but there. I mean, some of our school systems nowadays are canceling football games because it's supposed to rain. Yeah, those were the best football games when I was yeah. growing up. Was seeing everybody sliding around the field and, and um, 
We're getting yeah. way off subject. <laughs> I, 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 well, my point is, we don't need to be. We don't need to live in a constant state of fear. And I think this disease. I think weather. I think everything that we we tune into nowadays pushes fear. Fear sells. We know yeah. that. That's if you argue with that, you just need to wise up a little bit. Fear sells, and so everybody around us pushes fear, and we have to learn. Fear's not from God. Yep. Period. It's not. And one of these days, one of these days. We are going to be living in a world that is free from pain and it's free from school being called off <laughs> because we're going to be in a glorious place where all we're worried about is worshiping our Creator. Absolutely. Good word, Dean. Trivia question. What is the oldest race in the United States? Now, this could be a trick question, or maybe it's not a trick question, but Check that out and see what you find is the oldest race in the United States. You can email those questions or those answers to me at dean at runforgod.com. Don't send them through Messenger. Don't send them to me any other way except through email at dean at runforgod.com. Email us also your T-shirt size along with that answer so that we can send you a Run Club box that has a T-shirt and a book and a mug and, and a sticker. Um, all this this stuff in it. You'll be the cool kid on the block. That's right. And everybody wants to be the cool kid on the block. So, what is the oldest race in the United States? I think I know this one, but I think it may be wrong. And here's why running is so awesome this week. It's something that many people don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? So when that makes you kind of that hardcore person... You know, when people go, well, if you ever see any, if you ever see me running, there's something going to be chasing me. You know, it's like people hate running so much. And why do they hate it? Because it's hard. Mm-hmm. But you do it for fun. Come on. <laughs> how hardcore is that? That is awesome. What is the T-shirt you see? My, my sport is your sports punishment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. That makes running awesome. Uh our motivational thought of the week. This one's much longer than our normal motivation thought, thought of the week, but I really like this one in in context of everything else that we've talked about in this podcast. And it comes comes from Nathan Whitley, who said, "The pain of regret is far worse than the pain of discipline. We will never have the anointing, the ministry, or the revivals of our heroes if we don't become as disciplined as they were." They went to bed early to get up early to pray, and they fasted for days on end. We shouldn't just pray and mark it off our list or read a few chapters of our Bible each day to keep up with the church Bible reading chart. We must have a deeper purpose for doing these tasks. Discipline without direction is drudgery. In other words, discipline has to have a purpose to drive it each and every day. The price for spiritual change is expensive, but the rewards are far greater. The world's ways, ideologies, and influence cannot be present in a life dedicated to Jesus because consecration's purpose is for us to be different from the world. And, for that matter, if we are separate from the world, then sin must not be a part of our lives either. Sin ruins a life of consecration. 
It would be a shame to believe that holiness is nothing more than rules or guidelines that we are to live by. Holiness and consecration flow from a life given to the spiritual disciplines, a life we can only maintain by continuing to seek Him daily. Your pursuit will never be greater than your disciplines. No man is greater than his prayer life. Even though Jesus requires us to pray, praying is not to be done out of duty, but is to be done out of delight. A person's appetite reveals much about their physical health, or a physical appetite can reveal just as much about our spiritual health. Prayer is the dominant discipline in a godly life, and it takes a back seat to no other task. Prayer is the guiding force to a life of consecration and spiritual discipline. Self-denial is tough, but self-indulgence is dangerous. <laughs> I think... I think you might have set a world record. That is the longest quote of the week that I've ever heard. Yeah. But it was great. But it was good, right? Yeah, it was. And the way it ends, self-denial is tough, but self-indulgence is dangerous. dangerous. I like that. Yeah. All right, another week in the books. Another week. So make sure you're sharing Run Club with others. Make sure that you're uh, getting all the notifications and that we're – you know where we are, when we are, and you're taking part. Now, if you haven't answered a trivia question yet, I'm not sure what you're waiting for because I love to get those those answers back. And hey, so, sometimes they're not real clear, so it makes them even more fun. Let's do a challenge right now. All right. Just off the cuff. So most people are probably listening to this on an iPhone, maybe some on the Android. I really don't know how the Android works, but I know on the iPhone – you can kind of swipe up, and you got the three little dots. Yeah. And you can hit share. Yeah. And you can send as a text message. Send this podcast to five people who you think would benefit from hearing it. Just five. Let's don't even go on social media and do it. Just text this podcast to five people who you think need to hear it, and then go on the Run Club group. And this is going to be the secret code. You know, we've had these before. Nobody's going to know what we're talking about unless they know what we're talking about. Go on there and just say, I did it. Yeah. Send it to five people. Go on the Run Club Facebook group and simply say, I did it. And the people that we're going to know who listen to this podcast because you're going to know what that means. (laughs) So let's uh, let's do that cool little challenge. I like it. All right. All right. So until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Great job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.